Welcome to the Out of Pocket Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Nida. Let's get into the episode. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, guys. Tonight we're going to be talking about my finals predictions and the future of the teams that got eliminated this weekend. Let's get right into it. But before I get into my NBA predictions and analysis, I would just like to start off by saying that I went 8-5-1 in my NFL predictions, and that's pretty damn good. I am proud of my predictions for that week, and we'll get week 4 predictions hopefully on Friday, just to keep you all updated. With that being said, let's get right into it. Congratulations to the Miami Heat and the LA Lakers on making the bubble finals. I'm super stoked. I'm, I've basketball this season has been a blessing. Um, I'm super happy to have it back, even without fans. It's been great. The bubble's been great. And the NBA did a great job. First of all, the Lakers. Solid win against the Nuggets. That prediction was correct. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Nuggets had an answer for Anthony Davis, and I was right. And LeBron, LeBron had a really good game five. LeBron in closeout games is usually always good. And he continued his tradition. But the fact that he's doing it in his 17th year, I know this has been preached about on the talk shows this week, but it's been, it's been amazing to watch him in his 17th year go off like this and actually carry a team equally with Anthony Davis that's something we're never going to see again so as much as we want to compare Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron it's just appreciate his greatness while it's here that's what I try to do on the other hand I was wrong about the Miami Heat I had the Celtics winning in 7 and the Heat won in 6 congrats Miami but no thank you I lost a lot of money so no thank you on Miami but it's all good. I'm I'm happy with this finals matchup, and it's going to be really interesting. It's a good matchup. Um, what I really like to see is how consistent the Heat shooting is. And I know that they have any given guy that can go off on any night. Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, and Tyler Hero, specifically shooting-wise. And that's something the Lakers don't have. That's the biggest weakness to strength difference that I can see like there's the the size that the Lakers have isn't that different than Miami I mean they've got Bam and they can put a lot of lanky dudes out there I think LeBron's gonna have a tough finals relatively let's let's clarify that statement tough as in I don't know probably 20 10 assists and 7 rebounds or five rebounds, which is still amazing because he's LeBron. But I don't think it's going to be your normal or what we expect from LeBron. Because the Heat have so many good wing defenders to throw at LeBron. Jimmy, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, who got a finals MVP for stopping him. And... Bam Adebayo on the switch can contain him too. I'm not too worried about that. 
Now, if LeBron starts hitting jumpers, that's a totally different story. That's scary for Miami if LeBron's shooting well. But we'll see. The Lakers' strength is pace. They average 8 more points per 100 possession at 106 to Miami's 98. So, I think that's something to watch out. I think that's something the Celtics didn't exploit that they should have. And I think that the Lakers and LeBron will definitely exploit. They've got to play with pace. Danny Green has to be a consistent at least 9 to 12 points every night. 9 to 12 because he's got to make 3 to 4 threes every night. Because I, I, it's the Heat can drown teams in shooting. And they're super dangerous. Another strength that Miami has is their defense. I don't know how well their zone will fare, because LeBron is super smart and he can he can make some great passes and pick apart this team. And I think that's where the size is the biggest advantage is against the zone if they play it that much. I I don't know if they will. That aside, their defensive rating is eight points better than the Lakers, and their relative defensive rating, which is compared to the rest of the league, is. 1.4 points better than LA's. And I think that's something to watch out for. I can tell you this. I bet the Lakers wish they had Goran Dragic, or at least someone like him on their team. I mean, Rondo's been doing that pretty well. But, man. Goran Dragic is exactly what the Lakers need. And I'd be shocked if he if he goes somewhere other than Miami this offseason. It's definitely going to be LA. Speaking of Goran Dragic... I've come up with a segment about do's and don'ts for every team in the finals. And the first one, we're starting with Miami. And the first one for Miami, the first do, is continue to let Goran Dragic create with the second unit and leave him in for extended periods of time. He does so well with that second unit. He finds shots for everyone else and... His assist-to-turnover ratio is really good, and I think he can continue to push the Heat to build on leads or come back when the starters are getting some rest. Second up for Miami, don't let Anthony Davis go for 35 every night. And while this may seem obvious, I I really think Anthony Davis is the key to the finals for the Lakers. And for Miami to win, you have to limit him because LeBron is the floor of this team. He is the foundation of this team, and he carries the team. Anthony Davis is the ceiling. Will they win the title? I think that goes a lot on Anthony Davis. I think it's a lot of I think it's a lot of pressure, and I think he's ready to handle it. But for Miami, limiting Anthony Davis's touches close to the rim within 8 to 12 feet that is the ultimate goal the next do put Kuzma in lots of pick and rolls he's gonna the Lakers are gonna need his scoring put and he's weak on defense so put him in all the pick and rolls possible especially with Jimmy Butler I'll get to that later 
he he will foul to get out of situations and it will just not age well and they'll get a ton of free throws and a ton of easy easy shots when Kuzma is the primary defender in the pick and roll don't let Dwight Howard continue to own the glass Anthony Davis was abysmal rebounding against the Nuggets not in, all, not in game 5 but in all, most of the other games Dwight Howard was picking up the slack. He he was all over it. And I think that's where that's where the Lakers got a lot of second chance points and you can't give this Lakers team the freebies that the Nuggets gave them. They'll take them everywhere they can get. And when they miss their first shot off of in the transition after transition, those second chance points are crucial to their success. So cutting that off will help Miami significantly. Do make Alex Caruso make decisions with the ball. And this isn't any Alex Caruso slander because we all know how great Alex Caruso is. But of the choice ball handlers in pick and rolls, not even in pick and rolls, just off the catch, do we want Rondo making decisions? As, my, as, as Miami, do we want Rondo making decisions? Definitely not. Do we want LeBron making decisions? Definitely not. Do we want Anthony Davis making decisions? More than the other two, but ideally, it's Caruso. His assist-to-turnover ratio is pretty good, and he's actually been a really good contributor in the playoffs, but I still think in against Miami's zone and against those long, lanky defenders... I think that Alex Caruso is the weakest link at ball handler in their in their offense, period. And the last don't for Miami is don't overplay Andre Iguodala. Yes, he did win finals MVP. Yes, he is the LeBron stopper, I guess. But do not play him. 25 to 30 minutes a game in this series because he's playing great defense or he's I really don't think that he is capable of doing that for a whole series especially if it goes long I think we they have to put their they have to put LeBron they have to make LeBron work and making Iggy work guarding LeBron, that's not going to be a good result. And that's also going to take away from Iggy's offensive capabilities. For the Lakers, do let LeBron have lots more touches in pick and roll. Especially as the primary ball handler. Pick and rolls in the zone worked for the Celtics. I thought it was weird. I thought the off-ball screens were more effective, but I don't know how effective that'll be for the Lakers. So, for the Lakers, make LeBron and Rondo, but specifically LeBron, be the primary ball handler in pick and rolls, and help have them find, hopefully, open shooters that'll knock down shots. <coughs> Danny Green. <coughs> but that's that's going to be a key to their to their half-court offense. Don't. And I cannot stress this enough. 
do not let Kuzma guard Jimmy Butler at all costs. I'd rather let Jimmy Butler get one of those, you know, three-second kind of catch, and he's like, whoa, Kuzma's a step off. You know, like those and those shots, because I think he's more likely to miss those than if Kuzma just straight up switches on them, because that is that is Jimmy Butler's ideal matchup. Honestly, he will hack, he'll he'll foul him once he gets the step on him, or he'll sag off and Jimmy will get that step in three or long two that he's so good at. And not only that, after he fouls him, he's going to get in his head so bad that it's going to throw Kuzma off for the whole series. I think Jimmy is the mentally toughest player I've seen in a long time. And I think Kuzma is the exact opposite of that. So, please, please, do not let Kyle Kuzma guard Jimmy Butler. Do... Continue to play with pace. I mentioned this earlier. Pace is the enemy of Miami right now. The Celtics didn't do it enough, and I think that's another. That's a big point as to why they lost this series. Please, as not early in the shot clock, like don't rush in the half court. But when at every given opportunity, push, push off of steals, push off of long rebounds, and keep the tempo going really fast. I think that's a big flaw in Miami's defense. Don't pull uh, Daniel Tice slash Ennis Cantor slash Grant Williams and give Bam Adebayo wide open mid-range jumpers, please. We know he can make them. I mean, Boston didn't, but we all, the rest of America does. Bam Adebayo, his, most of his points come from that extended key area outside of the restricted area. The 40% 40, 40 of his points, which is, the, which is a large majority, come from that area. Limiting that is a big key for the Lakers. Do let Anthony Davis create from lower this time. Against the Nuggets, ideally his he was creating from you know, top of the key or in, in the, at, at the elbow in space. That was against Jokic or Plumley or Jeremy Grant. That will not fly against Bam Adebayo, who is a great defender, especially in space. Get him touches around the low post, on the block, in the short corner, middle of the key. He will get that wraparound elbow finish. I don't know. Anthony Davis and his post-Arsenal are going to be at, on full display, hopefully. And I think that's definitely something to watch for. Don't let Tyler Hero pull from anywhere he wants. Now, this may seem like common sense to the, to the normal NBA fan. However, Game 4 of Miami-Boston... If that isn't enough evidence for you that this kid is a bucket, then please reconsider your NBA opinions. Make him uncomfortable. Run him off the line. Not to the point where he's getting layups, but make him uncomfortable and make him 
shoot those long twos and make him make him make those floaters shit make him make him go to the rim contested just don't let him don't let him dictate the don't let him dictate his offensive game force him force him to take shots that are out of his comfort zone and now for my prediction i think that the lakers are going to win in 7 I think that Miami's going to come out and they're going to have a really good first game. And then the Lakers are going to win the next two. And then Miami's going to win game four. So it's going to be 2-2. They'll split the next two and games, I don't know in which order, but the Lakers close it in seven. LeBron wins finals MVP. Probably not because he outplays Anthony Davis but because he's LeBron and he's the media darling. And it's going to be amazing to see LeBron get three finals MVPs with three different teams and cementing his legacy like that, I guess, as, as if it wasn't already cemented. Now let's give some love to the losers, Denver and Boston. Denver first. That was an amazing playoffs. Thank you, Denver. Thank you for exposing the Clippers. Thank you for a great series with the Jazz. And thank you for not getting swept by the Lakers. It was it was fun while it lasted, Denver. I, I don't think they need any dramatic changes. We'll get into more details about each team's future in the offseason. But Denver doesn't need any drastic changes, really. I think, I don't know, maybe getting Paul Millsap a little cheaper if he has to either renegotiate or re-sign for a cheaper price, and getting a good backup for Jokic, and encouraging uh, Michael Porter Jr. to maybe play some defense, if he feels like it, I guess, because he doesn't do that a whole lot, but it would be nice, so he can stay on the floor in crunch time. Other than that, encourage development, can, and... And I heard their GM on an interview with Woj talk about how much he values the consistency and what they the culture they have. And I think don't bring in a big star. I don't think Chris Paul is necessary. While he wouldn't hurt, I don't think they need it. Jamal is really good. If he can if he can continue and be consistently a good shooter, and we all know Jokic is great, best passing big man of all time. I said it. You don't need a star. Just continue the slow grind and the slow growth. Because the Nuggets... The Nuggets are, are here, guys. And they will be around for a while. Boston. First of all, thanks for losing my money. Boston. But please, Boston fans. If any, if any of you listening are Boston fans, do not call for the firing of Brad Stevens. That would be the most ridiculous mistake... I don't know about franchise history, but it'd be up there. Oh, he's such a good coach, and this was not on him. This is on... It's Miami was really good. I don't think it's anyone's fault. 
Yes, if you had to put it on someone, Kemba didn't play great, and Hayward was out for... Hay Hayward wasn't himself. I think... Not, not, not to change anything big, but... I, I'm sure many of you saw that they don't have a really consistent big man. While Tice is great, I don't think he's... He's definitely not enough to compete with the Lakers, and if the Celtics did make the finals, that would have been a brutal rebounding clinic that the Lakers would have put on. So I don't think... So I th No, so I do think that finding a big... A rim protector that can... I don't know, a rim runner that blocks shots and rebounds really well. Trading for Clint Capella. It's going to happen. But Atlanta has too many bigs. And Boston needs a big. And watch them take Romeo Langford. Because the Hawks love wings and bigs. So watch them take Romeo Langford and some money for Clint Capella. I'm calling it right now. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think that's the Celtics' ideal move this offseason. But please don't fire Brad Stevens. Make a campaign out of it. Brad Stevens is a good coach. And this series does not fall on anyone's shoulders on the Celtics, especially not his. I truly do believe that Brad Stevens is the right coach for the Celtics. And their biggest thing this offseason is adding a big and continuing to develop what they have in-house because it's special there. And we'll have to see what happens in reality. Thank you so much for listening to episode three of the Out of Pocket Podcast. Join me on Friday for week four NFL predictions. And keep promoting my content, guys. I really appreciate all the support. It means so much. On that note, have a great night, y'all. Peace out.